From the mind of a Chicago media vet comes a longtime podcast in the making. Why? What have you heard? She's been heard, seen, and she's never been one to hold anything back. This is still America, and we can still have our opinions. The Jill Urchak Show, the podcast. And you may have heard me if you were stuck in traffic. Unfiltered, uncensored, and where nothing is off topic. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. It's not a big deal. And now, from the south side of Chicago, your host, Jill Urchak. Welcome to the Jiller Check Show. It's been a while since I've been on, but I've been blessed with a different kind of guest. Now, for those that don't know, I have my paranormal podcast called On a Quest. Haven't done that in a while, so I combine that with the Jiller Check Show. Therefore, I can do any show I damn well please. Well, I was lucky enough to meet somebody a couple weeks ago at a meeting, and a friend of mine had asked me if I was still doing my, my ghost show. And the young lady next to me responded, ghosts, I love that stuff. So she is my new friend, even though we haven't officially probably talked longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> but um, I wanted to invite her on the show. But I, this is how I'm going to intro you, Lynn, okay? When you sent me, okay. and her name is Lynn, when you sent me yeah. a text about this, this is what you said. And I thought this summed it up beautifully. So we were texting back and forth and you said, and I quote, I've actually dealt with a demonic and yes, my own fault by allowing a psychic to touch me. That is a story and a half. And oh, when I volunteered in the church office, I had a young man stop for help. He thought he was possessed. He was. I'll tell you the creepy way I found out. And then you made me laugh, Lynn, because then you said we should get coffee together. Lynn, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thanks. That made me laugh. <laughs> Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I, I met you at a meeting, and I just want to say briefly that you said, which got us into talking, that you had worked uh, behind the scenes on the Dead Files on the Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is yeah. That is yeah. so cool, and that's what got you and I to talking. Can you briefly, before we get into all the stuff that you've been through, tell me what that was like? Oh, yeah, that was a, a cool show. I can't remember. We filmed it somewhere up in the northern suburbs. And, um, and so I worked behind the scenes on production and, um, when we got to the house, um, the family of course was, uh, gone so that we could, um, film for most of the time and nothing struck me as odd about the house at all. And, and I have the gift of discernment, so I can pretty much get a feel for if there's any, um, kind of dem- demonic spirit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I didn't get anything at all in particular with the house. So I just thought, Oh, well, you know, this is going to be <laughs> normal, normal. Sure. Show. But the odd thing was, was that the hotel that we stayed at was haunted. <laughs> and because we had, um, a gear room in the hotel on the first floor where we stuck all our gear and, um, and, the cameramen are all extremely organized. You know, they, everything's lined up in the row against the walls. Things are, you know, nobody touches them. But one of the cameramen was saying, you know, I can't find this. You know, this thing got misplaced. And then, you know, where'd my, where's my stinger? And the stinger's um, uh, kind of like the little outlet where everything gets plugged in. Mm-hmm. But it was just a bizarre series of weird occurrences where gear kept disappearing and um, so we were standing in the hallway talking about that when one of the housekeepers had come by 
and heard us talking about this. And she said, you're working on that show. What's the show? And I told her it was The Dead Files. And she said, oh, this this hotel is haunted. Wow. So they they were uh, they should have investigated the hotel. They explained a few things. Wow. <laughs> said that there, the room that um, that the cameraman had been in filming was actually one of the haunted suites um, because they were apparently rehabbing in this hotel. And Got ever it. since they started rehabbing, yep. that's when all these weird things started happening. And so they said that they don't even clean in the ballroom at night unless there are other men there they just you know somebody has to be in there sure the, the, the housekeepers will not will not go in there alone wow and you know rehabbing and doing all those improvements from what i understand mm-hmm. from all the things i read and watch it stirs them up they don't like things being changed they want Apparently. uh yeah that is very common if you're doing if anybody's rehabbing an old house or doing something and spirits are there and they're leaving you alone and all of a sudden you maybe been living there five years you know yeah, we're going to take down this wall and put in a a bar if they don't want a bar there you're going to know it that is very common but i didn't mean to to get off track there but i thought that was cool that you worked on the dead files and that's how you and i started talking in that very brief time that i had oh, yeah. with you so so yeah, yeah. yeah so lynn you also told me in a very brief text that you this started when you were younger, like at five kindergarten, that yeah, you started knowing yeah. things. So what was your first experience or thought or anything that happened to you where you thought to yourself, ah, oh, there's something beyond this world? Do you remember definitively? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and I wasn't, you know, I really didn't grasp what that was until much later. Um, mm-hmm. I was um, living in Rolling Meadows at the time, a suburb outside of Chicago, and uh, walked to school every day. I was only a few blocks away, and it was only like, I think, the second or third week of school, and I was walking home um, with another girl, and when I got to my block, I went to say goodbye, but she looked so scared, and I just, I, I said, well, are you afraid to walk home alone? And she said, yes. And so I said, oh, well, don't worry. I'll walk with you. So um, <laughs> I had no clue where her house was. Right. Oh, that was sweet of you, <laughs> though. <laughs> but I thought, you know, <laughs> we'll just walk together. So we walked and talked, and all of a sudden she saw our house, and we bolted to the back door, and we said our goodbyes, and I said goodbye, and I turned around and immediately realized I had no freaking clue where I was <laughs> oh gosh how and how innocent you know? and sweet of you oh right so I'm like well gosh we spent so much time talking I wasn't even paying attention and I only knew this little L you know I walked down to the corner right I took a left and I walked to the school right so I I had no clue oh where gosh. I was <clears throat> and I just immediately the very first thought to my mind was um God I thought Oh, God, how do I get home? And right after I said that, I started hearing these directions. Go this way. Go that way. Wow. And it led me all the way until I saw uh, my backyard. And I I recognized my backyard. And then I bolted into the kitchen where my mother had lunch on the table. And she was like, where were you? Your poor mom. I walked a girl home. (laughs) I went to walk... 
<laughs> I wasn't that late, but but you know, I was so embarrassed that I I got lost. And so I, I didn't really grasp, uh, you know, until much later that, hey, I really was lost. Like, how did I get home? <laughs> and, no. and then I remembered that voice telling me the directions, and I, I realized that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, talk to me about that voice, Lynn. Was it an audible voice, or was it just uh, it was in your head? Voice. So it's kind of, um, I describe it as if, if I say to you, what's two plus two? Mm-hmm. And in your head, you've already formulated the answer. And that's what that voice sounds like. It sounds like your voice, but it's a thought that you know doesn't come from yourself because it's, it's something that hadn't occurred to you. Well, okay. This is, w- yes, I understand that now. I was saying it was my intuition. I was saying it was my sixth sense, which is the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. But I didn't realize that, don't laugh, until about a year ago when I finally put Mm -hmm. it together that that really was God. Because, and I'm going to talk about you, but as a side note, well, there were a lot of things, but the main one that stood out to me was, and I've said this on my show before, I was driving home. This is when I worked evenings at a radio station. I used to get home around midnight. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. my husband now, but we were dating then, he was like, don't fill up your car at night. And I'm like, oh, please, you know, I'm from the South Side. What's going to hurt me? Nothing's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody scares me. So I filled up my car. It was fine, even though he told me not to. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so anyway, I did that. And I was just about to put my key in my door in the apartment and a voice in my head, again, like you said, it was an outside mm-hmm. voice, almost like I was talking to myself. It was an outside voice said right. to me, get a set of keys made and give them to your friend Kim for your car. It was that specific, Lynn. And mm-hmm, I exactly. and I and I, I stepped back and I'm like, well, whoa, that was weird. That was weird. I said to myself, and specific and odd. So I ignored it. Mm-hmm. And then I said, yeah, someday maybe I should, because my friend Kim lived right by me. Well, the very next day, I I feel so blonde, and I could say it because I'm blonde. I. <laughs> left my car running in the orange line parking lot for those that don't live here that's just the cta that you know for like 10 hours hopped i had a lot on my mind hopped on a train went to work did my full day came back to my car i'm like oh shoot i don't have my keys the car was running for 10 Mm. hours and i say that because i had filled up the night before Mm -hmm. which i was what my my husband or boyfriend at the time said, don't do that because he was worried about me at night. And I did. Mm-hmm. And had I got a set of got a set of keys made, I wouldn't have had to pay about $600 for a locksmith. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I hear yeah. that outside voice, and it's bizarre, and it's like a command, but a gentle command, I'm mm-hmm. going to follow it. Go ahead. So I'm assuming that was yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yes. Oh, gosh, I have so many of those. And I, mm-hmm. and I uh, started to realize that I that this is really a training of sorts. Um, uh, where when we first believe that God exists, that's one thing. That's a door that's been opened. You know? Okay. Knock, you know, knock on the door, she'll be open to you. But I, I, there's another door called the door of obedience. And that's this training where um, where the Lord teaches us 
through obedience um, that by following him and doing what he says, even though it sounds crazy and random, um, that it's really important because there will come a time maybe when um, when it's when there's a dire situation mm-hmm. and we really do have to lean more on that internal voice, you know, that like a compass. Yes. Um, I, and I, I had um, like another experience where I don't always trust that voice. I just, you know, I, I it's just, it's still a learning process Yes. because I think, Oh, that's just something I heard or like, that's just me. Mm-hmm. But, um, I remember um, uh, my husband and I uh, were at a church service. Uh, this was at Willow Creek, and we heard um, um, a speaker. And then afterward, we were up in the bookstore, and Paul was on one side looking at CDs and books, and I was on the other end. And I'm looking at these um, these uh, CDs. And I came across one that literally said, it's, I heard, it was like something was compelling me to stop and turn around and look, like I missed something. And so I turned around and I looked, and there was this CD called Covered by the Dust of the Rabbi. And I'm thinking to myself, Covered by the Dust of the Rabbi? Well, yeah. That sounds boring. <laughs> so that I sounds confusing. Walking and I, <laughs> I left. And, uh, you know, we, we bought whatever we needed to buy. We were walking to the car. And I'm like, oh, you bought something. What did you buy? He's like, oh, just a few CDs. And so I look in the bag, and in the bag is this CD called Covered by the Dust <laughs> of the Rabbi. And I'm thinking of all of the blasted CDs that he could have purchased, he gets that one. Wow. And that, to me... I actually felt guilty about it because for him to buy that meant that he was listening to God where I had previously ignored him. And God, for some reason, had wanted me to have that. And it was so important that he spoke to Paul and Paul listened and bought it. And so, you know, that's another story in itself why he wanted to hear that particular teaching. But it really impressed upon me. Um, the importance of listening. Um, and the, there was another time um, when we were in a church service. It was a Wednesday service, and the pastor was not there. And in his place, instead of a guest pastor, there was a guest speaker. And the guest speaker was going to be talking about safety. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, what on God's green earth are we going to be like, what does safety have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. But, but because I had, you know, been coming to learn that everything is important, whether, whether you're stuck in traffic or, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's a reason for it. And so I made a point of taking out a notepad getting out a pen. I'm like, okay, I'll listen. I don't know what this is going to be about mm-hmm. or what it's for. It's so boring, <laughs> but I will listen. And literally, I just, the only thing that I could think of to come away from that whole talk was safety first, you know, and there was 
there was it was about um, being kind of being on guard, safety first. Okay. I'm like, okay. So immediately after that, um, the family, we were driving up to the lake house. So it's like nine o'clock at night, dark, and we're driving about an hour and a half away to the lake house in the summer. And, you know, going down these back roads, we can do like 90 miles an hour. It's not a big deal. Sure. And all of a sudden I hear that voice, safety first, safety first. And, and it's, and it was, I heard it as soon as I saw one of those yellow signs with the deer leaping. Oh, and oh so no. I made that immediate connection and I'm like, Paul, maybe you should slow down. And he's like, mm. and so he took his foot off the gas and he did slow down a little bit. And it was just enough because like two seconds later, this deer comes leaping across the road. Oh and had we been going at the speed that we were going at, <laughs> we would have destroyed the car. And God so, knows what. Right? right. Yeah. I right. mean, you know, it's funny. This happened about a month ago. I have a rosary hanging off my rear view, uh, uh, my uh, mirror. Yeah, my rear, rear view mirror. That's hard to say fast. And mm-hmm. it's a red one. My car's red. I love the color red, my rosary, whatever. So my son, mm-hmm. who's getting ready to make his communion, they were they had a rosary at his religious ed on Tuesday, and very plasticky and chintzy, right? So he was supposed to bring it to school. And then I had an extra one. Why I thought of this, Lynn, I don't know. But again, it wasn't my thought. Mm -hmm. Something Mm -hmm. told me. (laughs) That's how I always say to people, something told me, Jill, Mm -hmm. take this rosary. I mean, I get full on sentences here. Take this rosary and put it in your car on on the mirror. And then I said to myself, Mm -hmm. all in my head, not out loud, but I already have my a rosary there. Why would I, mean, I need you it? Start arguing with yourself. Yeah, that's I, when you know it's not your voice. <laughs> right. I'm, either that or I need to be behind bars. So in a very straight, straight, starchy jacket. So then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take it anyway because I was running out of the door. I get in the I get in the car. The rosary's broken. And I was just mm-hmm. in it the night before. It didn't appear to be uh, weathered in any way, the cross part was on the floor. And, and so I was like, I always look around, like if I see Jesus sitting in the back seat, as much as I'd be excited, I have a heart attack. So I turn around (laughs) slowly. I always tell him that I love you. Just visit me in a dream. And I'm like, okay. So I pick up the cross and I put the other rosary on, but to me, that's not a coincidence. And I talk to Mm -hmm. people, well, that's a coincidence. No, 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 no. That is a weird thing for me to think. I would never think that on my own. Right. He cares about every little thing that's going yeah. on in our lives. Well, we think it's a small thing, mm-hmm. but he's there. You know? Well, he's there, and I always feel safe having it on. But, you know, that's the good part, right? That's the good part. And to me, when there's a yin, there's a yang, and, you know... <laughs> A good and a bad. I feel if there's a God, mm-hmm. there's got to be a devil. I mean, to me, that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I have had a couple of experiences, but it sounds like you have had one I want to touch on. You said you've dealt with probably more than one, the demonic yeah. involving a psychic. And I've used to see them all the time. And now I, I'm leery. I don't go anymore unless it's somebody I really know, because they could be tuning into yeah. like a God frequency. But I guess well, I never realized how dangerous, right, to. right, what happened? 
So, well, this was um, years ago when um, when Paul and I were separated, and we had been separated for about ten months, and um, he had given me um, a couple. He had given me um, some music to listen to, and um, it was just it was a night where I, you know I'm coming home alone to this dark apartment. My kids are with Paul and I, um, and they were with Paul because uh, I did want to upset them. Um, but it was getting to the point where I felt like I was in limbo and I was very despondent about um, this, this situation where like, I didn't feel like I could go home for some reason. I felt this fear, um, even though at the time we had pretty much worked out all of our issues with the help of this uh, Christian counselor. And, but for some reason, there was this, this apprehension and fear that I couldn't describe. And, okay. and so I, I, um, I came in, dropped my briefcase on the floor, and I was praying. Uh, and for some reason that night, it seemed... Uh, really important, like um, like God was asking me to make a decision that night, and I didn't know it then. But at the time, um, there was actually a group of friends who were praying for our marriage at that moment, oh, and wow. I had no clue about it. Okay, um, um, my friend said all of a sudden she just felt led to 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 gather one, you know, like a friend of two of hers and start praying for our marriage in the lobby. And um, before we knew it, a whole, you know, before they knew it, a whole group of our friends were in a circle just praying for our marriage. Oh, wow. And, and so that's why I think this, this night was a breakthrough night. And, and I felt that, although I didn't know what was going on, you know, all around me, um, I definitely felt that there was some sort of decision that I had to make and I had to make it that night. And I, I began hearing kind of like this, um, you know, shoulder angel, shoulder devil thing where I would hear the Lord, you know, say, well, what are you going to do? Um, you know, take my hand. We'll walk up this mountain together. And, you know, from where you are in the valley, things look very different than mm-hmm. when you are up at the top of the mountain, you can see the big picture. Right. So, um, so when he said, take my hand, all of a sudden I heard, you know, you too, that, that, that you too song, um, that's based off of a Bible verse, which I didn't know. Um, but, um, but as soon as I, I heard that I began to hear this other voice and it kind of reminded me of, um, in that Mel Gibson movie, the passion of Christ, theme where Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane Yes, and that dark figure comes by Mm -hmm. and, and it sounded very similar because it doesn't sound evil necessarily. Um, The voice that I heard really sounded like they were coming along as just a helpful friend, a helpful friend who just, you know, gosh, you're, you're, you know, you don't want to, 
want to keep stringing Paul along. I mean, he's in a lot of pain here. You know, you you got to just, maybe you should just get a divorce. I mean, it was really that kind of uh, appealing to my concern mm-hmm. for Paul and, you know, and how I was. So it was like this underhanded way of, you know, leading me down a different path. Um, but as, as soon as I considered that path, I immediately would hear a Bible verse in my head about just anything on the, on the flip side. So in that particular instance, I think it was, you know, with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then I would hear that voice, you know, on the other side, um, you know, again, leading, trying to lead me down a different path. And so it was this back and forth kind of a ping pong match. And it was, it was very tiring because yeah, every, every, it's, you know, you're, you're trying not to make um, a decision based on emotion. You're trying to make it based on logic, but emotions there. And it was just this back and forth. And then um, at one point um, God had brought something to my mind, which I had completely forgotten about and, um, and asked me to release, uh, release that. And, uh, and then make a decision about what I was going to do. Okay. And so I had decided, I chose that I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to get a divorce. I want to honor God. I want to honor our marriage. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. And as soon as I said that, I, I heard nothing. It was silent. Like that whole you know, one voice leading me one way and then God telling me a Bible verse. It was just all gone. It was completely silent. And then I felt, I felt this a sense of victory. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like angels were cheering or something. I could, I, I, I felt very cognizant of something spectacular that had just happened. And I was so excited. I'm like, oh, great. I've just, I've reached some kind of milestone. Right. And everybody's happy. This is great. And then, I, and then I thought, well, wait a second. What's the prize? I, I'm still in the same place I was before. All, all I've decided now is that I'm definitely not getting a divorce, but I still have this bizarre anxiety and fear about going back home. And I, hmm. I just started to cry. I'm like, I, you know, I started praying and asking God for, you know, what am I supposed to do? how do I fix this? And I heard nothing, absolutely nothing. And I'm like, wait, we were just there, yeah. like, you know, two feet away, giving me all of these Bible verses. And now there's nothing like what's going on. And I, I was sobbing and, and I just, I was out of ideas. I just did not know what to do to fix this. And I said, I give up. And as soon as the p- left my Mm -hmm. lips I felt something go swoosh like that started from my stomach and came out through the top of my head okay and I felt it was so fast it was like when a train goes by and you're standing on the platform and you can feel that wind against you that's what I felt leaving my body it just was so swift that I felt it and I thought to myself, like, what was that? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I knew that it was something supernatural. 
And so immediately I checked in um, with the thought of going back home, and I didn't feel that fear or anxiety anymore. So that told me that I was just healed of something. And the fact that it was fear and anxiety that was gone told me that it must have been like a, a dark spirit of fear or anxiety. That's something, so creepy. Dark. Yeah, but it left. Right. But it left you. And 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 I hear different things that the soul comes out through your head or your stomach. I heard different entry points. Not your soul. Oh my God! I'm not saying you were dying, but whatever was coming out of you it sounds like it was coming out of. A portal of yeah. sorts. Yeah, and that's and and later on, I was you know I was contemplating that like why did it come out of my head, and and um, then I felt um, impressed to think about what it would be that would have come out of my head. You know, it, it, something would have mm. had to go in through my head. So I began thinking, and that's when I had. Um, uh, remembered that um, years ago um, I had been to this psychic. I was in the office and one of the girls had said, oh, we got this psychic. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, I don't really believe in those things. Right. And I'm a Christian and I probably shouldn't go, mm-hmm. but okay. It's <laughs> a big mistake. But I'll go. Um, yeah, but I'll go. So I did and, you know, she gave me this this reading and um you know, some of it was like spot on and some of it was, you know, I mean, it's just, but you know, who knows where that stuff is coming right, from. Right. But as I'm, as I'm listening to her, I started feeling sicker and sicker. Um, I started getting this really bad migraine and a little bit of vertigo. Hmm. And I said, you know, can we just stop? I just, I'm not really feeling well. And she said, oh, what's wrong? And I said, I just have this really bad headache. It just came on. And she said, oh, I can fix that. And she said, hold on, just don't be scared. I'm just going to put my hands over your head, and you're going to feel a lot of warmth. And so she did. She took her two hands, and she held them over my head. And as she did that, I felt waves, just waves of energy. Okay, and I think like that's Reiki how stuff? that was imparted. Okay. Well, yeah, that's probably how it left you then. Mm-hmm. Came out of your head mm-hmm. when... Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's scary. And she be- meant well. She was a Christian too. She just, but you know, but you know, if, but where that energy mm-hmm. came from, right? You know, I'm sure she meant well, but you know, I'm sorry, it was demonic. Well, it's fun. It's not. It's funny that you say that because I've been to a million psych- psychics. I've been loving this stuff since I was a kid. And I never thought mm-hmm. about it. I believe in God. I just never thought about mm-hmm. it being bad. Okay. I guess I was naive. Mm-hmm. Went to parties, um, did stuff I probably shouldn't have. I, mean, I was never doing demonic stuff. I don't play with that stuff. But again, yeah. not knowingly, not knowingly. And right. a lot of people do believe in God. And you're right. And I heard actually somebody say, I've listened to all these people, these things I'm addicted to, the stories I listen to of it was a it was a pastor and he said a lot of psychics they won't say it's god they'll call it the universe or whatever it drives me crazy mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he said a lot of them think they're a lot of them do get their their 
information from from good. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that the devil problem that comes in is that unlike a prophet, a prophet will get everything from God. Straight from God, and right. It, it's 100% mm-hmm. accurate. And they'll usually, you know, um, and it's, it's always to lead you closer to God mm-hmm. or do something that, you know, God wants you to do. And so, um, and so to tell a prophet, you know, that this was really from God, God would give the prophet some sort of smaller um, uh, series of things that would come true right. beforehand to believe so that the prophet right. would know, okay, this is, this is really God. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then he would prophesy the big thing. So a psychic, you know, on the other hand, you know, they're just picking up ener- energy and, and, you know, they're like an operator who are just plugging into anything willy nilly. They don't know, you know? Um, so, so that's why I don't trust any of it because you just don't know what's coming from where. Well, like a prophet. Just like you said, devil angel on your shoulders, right? The devil disguised as a beautiful woman many times. Um, Looky here, chocolate fudge when you're at a Weight Watchers, somebody's going to be like, excuse me. You know, you, yes, it is disguised as something. They're not going to come out with horns and a pitchfork and say. It's very deceptive. Very. Because they mix truth with lies. And And they know the word of God, so they mm-hmm. they can quote it very easily and it and it is easy to be deceived let's let's be real mm-hmm. it's funny when my kid came out of school his on tuesday he said to me he was learning about adam and eve i thought this was so precious boy am i glad i'm a boy i said why i said because eve ate the apple first and she's a girl now that made me laugh and then <laughs> and then he swears by that he said i didn't do it first it's her fault i'm like yes it is her fault but he said why was it a snake I said, well, that was the way it was, you know, represented in the Bible. I'm no Bible person, mm-hmm. but I mean, I know enough. Mm-hmm. I went to Catholic school my whole life. I now, as an adult, I can study things differently and independently. And I think of mm-hmm. all the things I've done, like you said, that we didn't think were bad, and this woman didn't have bad intentions. But right. dang, she, she wanted to help. Y- you know, I have learned along the lines of you were saying about the Holy Spirit. I've been in radio, God, 28 years. So mm-hmm. when you're on air, for people that don't know, you lose your jobs every other year. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you just get, you lose your job a lot by nothing you've done. Well, after mm-hmm. so many times of losing it, like, oh, we're going in a different direction. This is when, okay, Lynn, I don't know if you're going to want to be my friend after this, but people that <laughs> know my show know this about me. License plates speak to me. And this is the first time it oh, happened. This I have a license plate story too. So tell do Oh, tell. <laughs> okay. I have a million of them. I'm just going to tell you how it started. I don't even remember where I was, what radio station I was, but I lost my job again. It was before I was married. And I went to my mom and dad's and I usually don't cry in front of them. I burst out into tears. I'm like, I can't. I just wanted to have a bit. I wanted to have a family. I was, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just can't live like this. I can't keep losing my jobs. I can't save. I can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I went to Jewel after, and of course, they're playing sappy songs in the grocery aisles. I'm sobbing like a child because my life was just bad at that moment. I come out of 
the car or the store to go to my car. There's a rainbow. There happens to be a rainbow and a license plate draws my attention. It says God 1111. And I'm also very prone to repeating numbers every day, mm-hmm. new, all different types of repetitions of numbers. So mm-hmm. I see this and I'm like, wow. And it was that moment that something told me again, watch the license plates. And every time, and I want to hear your story, Lynn, every time I have a question, I need a pick me up. Mm-hmm. I will be by, a, and these things say weird things. They're like sentences, you know, combined into how many letters are in a license plate, eight or whatever, or yeah. numbers. It, it never fails. If I ask God for a sign on something, I will get it. I will get it. And it's been following me around for about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It happens yeah. to me on a daily basis. Okay. What's your story? Yeah. So my license plate story uh, involved a trip to Arizona um, to visit my dad who was in the hospital. It was a very dark time for me. It just so much was going on. Um, with uh, just my work at the time was in upheaval and um, my aunt uh, who was single didn't have any kids Um, she had some health issues so I was uh, taking care of her and I had uh, she had just had an incident with her heart and so we were in the hospital for that just came home, got her settled, got into bed, and in the middle of the night, I was woken up by the light of my phone, and I looked, and it was a text from my brother who said, Dad's in the hospital. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, so I booked a, uh, a flight the next morning to go out there and see him, and uh, um, after a while, I was leaving the hospital from visiting him. I I was driving and um, my phone all of a sudden like the um, the um, the music app opened up and started playing um, this classical music piece which was very um, it meant something to me okay um, uh, and that's a long story in itself but <laughs> it meant something to me it was uh, to me. It was a sign that was that God was coming alongside of me to comfort me okay. during this stressful time, and so I immediately I felt comforted. But as I looked to the right, I saw this car uh, pass me by, and the license plate said "Omniscient." See, it oh, yep. was just like yep, you know, God had just impressed upon me that mm-hmm. He's with me, and that just sealed the deal that he is with me everywhere 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 my hair standing up because that is cool mm-hmm. and 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 that thought and that song came through right before you saw it the, right. the license i mean plate. i didn't even have my music app on it just powered up itself See, so that's you know that is cool a twofer. you got yeah you, you got a twofer <laughs> i love that because in the songs too, there are, there are about five songs that come on when I need them. And I know, like, you know, whether I'm going to a doctor appointment 
or something. And one of them is Faith by George Michael. And that when I hear that song, I was so upset about it was, you know, it's funny. I don't even remember. This was about a year ago. I remember walking down my stairs. God, I don't mean to bug you. I'm always bugging you, but I'm really freaked out now. And I can surely use one of your signs. And as soon as I turned the car on, it was faith. I'm like, all is good. And I cannot doubt it anytime I hear that now. Because if I do, and I know some people would think I was crazy, but I really don't care what people think. Because I know now, and sometimes I feel like I'm going to hear this song before I hear it. And that's even weirder. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like I'm I'm going to hear one of my songs. I, you know, sure enough, I I'm flipping around the radio stations and it comes on. I'm like, okay, all right, this is cool. It's like a frequency, you know, you're Mm -hmm. into a frequency of God. And okay, wait, tell me, I'm sorry. I I, got to hear this one. I'm I'm looking through this text here. Again, when there's God and good, there's bad. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what happened when you volunteered in the church office and a young man thought he was possessed? And I am dying to know, no pun intended, how you found Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, that was that was creepy. Um, it was um, the summer. Um, I forget which year. It had to be like 2016 or 15, something like that. And um, windows are open. It's a nice sunny day, and I'm just, you know, um, all of a sudden I see out the window. There's this young man. I don't know, maybe 20, just standing there and staring at the door. And I'm, that alone is I'm creepy. And I'm like, <laughs> right? Heck? That alone is creepy. <laughs> you know, he's not coming up into the, the rectory. He's just standing there staring. So I get up from the desk. I open the door. And he said, hi, Linda. And I'm like, can I help you? And he said, yeah, I think I'm in trouble. I think, I think I'm possessed. I'm like, okay, why don't you come in? Mm-hmm. Um, have a seat. And I'm I'm going to go, you know, and unfortunately that was the priest's night off that night. So I'm like, of course, of course it was. um, So, um, so I said, well, what seems to be going on? And he said, I think I'm possessed. And he was was kind of rambling and, and, you know, I started um, trying to calm him down. um, But he was just very scattered thinking and then at some point, he looked at me and said, I don't think I should be alone with you. And oh, that scared me. That scared me. Girl, you are giving me, me like, chills. You know <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm just going to call a deacon. Hold on. And so I left, closed the door, quick got on the phone, and I asked the deacon to, like, get over here. Oh, my possible. gosh. Luckily, he only lived a block away, so... Um, so he came and um, he came over and talked to the kid and um, <clears throat> eventually the deacon came out and the, the kid left. And I said, well, what happened? He's like, yeah, I think he's possessed. It's something bad there. So um, actually we do have a priest in the area who, you know, deals with that. So I referred him to, oh. to that priest. And I'm like, oh, you know, thank God that's over. And I went, you know, sat down. <laughs> And I looked at the, this nameplate on the um, on the desk, and that's when I realized name name. He knew my name. Yeah, when I, I answered mm-hmm. the door, 
And it, it didn't even dawn on me until that moment. But not only, like, everybody calls me Lynn. Nobody calls me by my full name. Nobody knows my, oh my full God, name. Lynn, you're making, me oh, you're creeping me out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ew. That's when I really got creeped out. Yes. Yeah, when I realized that he called me by my full name. Do, do, did the deacon tell you what happened to him? I mean, I feel for this kid. Mm-hmm. He knows something's wrong and he's going to the right place. But oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think of all the stupid stuff I did. Again, never thinking of. I did the Ouija board as a kid. We thought it was mm-hmm. silly. I did stupid stuff. And it scared yeah. me so much one time. Again, I would never do that now I'm ever but at the time I was young and stupid and I was doing it and Mm -hmm. I thank God all the time yeah I'm like this is great and then like a dumbass I go and I do it in a graveyard one time when I was drinking in college real smart Jill do do you ever think back of the stupid stuff you did and I say to God thank you I loved all the scary stuff I just loved it all. I loved it and I still do really I didn't really think that there was no you know a demonic element to any of that no and horror movies and that's why i did my paranormal podcast i don't know if i told you this when i met you i've been asked a lot to actually go because i watch all these shows and i am interested in the history Mm -hmm. a lot of it is native american lands that are whether you believe in curses or not or people you know all that stuff and i and i love that part of it Mm-hmm. Because I believe in God, I don't want to. Te- I'm not bringing anything back with me, so I do not go on mm-hmm. these ghost tours. I do not go hunting. I do not take the EVPs. You know, for people that don't mm-hmm. know, that's the electronic voice phenomenon with me home. I don't need it. So I talk to people that have been through these experiences and hope that I keep it on that side of the mic. But it, mm-hmm. it's. I'm really creeped out by that story. And I mean, that as a compliment to you because that was a very simple story. Mm-hmm. But eerie. Oh, ew. Yeah. Did you douse yeah. yourself with holy water when this was done? Because <laughs> I'm sure oh, would. Gosh. You know, it just, it just made me more aware that it's, you know, that, that, that element is everywhere, you know, and, I have such a heart um, for people that might be hurting like that mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes they unwittingly mm-hmm. um, get involved in something like that. They unwittingly open a door to the demonic. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there is a generational curse or family yeah. curse or something yeah. like that, you know, but, um, but not intentionally. So I, I do, you know, I am interested in, um, helping people, yeah. But <clears throat> at this point, it I mean, there's a process that I'm I'm still learning because because <clears throat> like you say, you know, it's you don't want to bring anything um, home with you. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I it, you know, I could watch it on TV, but I don't want to be. And I've gone on galena illinois for those that aren't from illinois it's just a very old old town it's beautiful looks like it's still from the 1800s and i love that stuff i can go into those places and because i know i'm an old soul i feel it i know it i've been around and so i'm very attached to that era for some reason the pioneer days i don't know Mm -hmm. and 
I've gone on those tours and they're fun, but even those group tours that you do in any town you go to, you still don't even know, you know what you're bringing. Most of them aren't scary, but you really don't know. I went to the Chicago bus tour, the ghost one, the Hull House. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that place? I, I am, but I didn't go on that tour at all. Okay. <clears throat> I think that the gentleman, oh, wait, I did go on one by that gentleman, but it was in the suburbs. Um, so I never went on the Chicago version of it. Okay. Yeah. I think the one in the suburb, is that with the Resurrection Mary one? Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't even been on that one. I grew up right around there. But the whole house is is by UIC, the University of Chicago, and Jane Adams, which is one of our expressways, oddly enough, which I report on every day. She mm-hmm. she started this thing and it was it was really good. She started like a house for people to go to, poor people and women, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's haunted. Mm-hmm. And I went, long story short, I went with my friend. And you go at night, so when it's dark out at night, you can obviously see inside with the lights on. And there's all people kind of looking around it. They're gathered around this whole house. And I saw a man uh, staring at me and giving me dirty looks. And I'm like, I kind of stepped back at that moment and I said, God, that guy was giving me dirty looks on the other side of the window. Didn't think anything of it, Okay. Mm-hmm. My friend was taking pictures. I wasn't. I just happened to see that. Fast forward two weeks. I'm looking through the pictures. She, that she took, she captured the man I saw. She didn't see him. But she captured him on yeah. her film. And I didn't realize it till about two weeks later. It wasn't a person. It was a, looked like a projection. You know, those black and white got him. Mm-hmm. Totally dating myself, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Those black and white projector things that you would get film mm-hmm. strips as kids, mm-hmm. you know, like the okay, is it was on the column holding up the wall. It wasn't even a window, it was on a wall in, in the column holding up the building. I saw a face, mm-hmm. I saw that man staring at me. It was black and white, and it didn't even make the connection because he was so real at that time. Because I thought, God, that guy's giving mm-hmm. me dirty looks. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, that's. That's the man I saw staring at me. And the funny thing is she took the picture and she never saw it. She was just taking pictures of inside the house. So the two mm-hmm. of us together, um, I will send it to you, Lynn, after this, but maybe I'll yeah. use that as it's maybe. Definitely demonic. And and I and I can relate with that that staring you know, with the with the dirty look. Yeah. I, I think they're just um one, it's, they're demonic, so they're not they're not happy. They're not happy about their no, situation. not really. And but they can sense they can sense godly people, and um, and and I experienced that on the L, um, in Chicago. And, and the reason I know it was demonic was because um, I was just minding my own business and. On a spiritual level, there was just something behind me and that said, oh, there's something behind you. And so I, I turned around to look, and it was this um, this man who was like, I don't know, in his 30s with stringy hair, but just glaring, these dark, yes. dark eyes, just like as if he had been staring at me the entire time, and that's what caught my attention, even though I don't have eyes in the back of my head, mm-hmm. but I felt it. And so 
I immediately sensed that that was a demonic entity. And I all of a sudden became full of myself, like, I know who you are, you know? And then it was as if God took me by the kind of like, don't do that. Turn around. It was like very clear. He was like almost angry, but it was like, Stern. kind of like mm-hmm. that parent was like, turn around now. Don't look back. And I did. I like, oh, okay. He must be really bad. Oh, <laughs> because, okay. I'm just not going to, I'll just, yeah, just pretend that, He's not there. And I turned around and it was kind of like, you know, like that, that salt pillar, like yeah. that, that woman who lots wife who wasn't supposed to look back. It was that feeling like, do not look back. Oh God, that's dread. That's just yeah. total dread. And yeah, I mean, nobody saw this thing. I showed the person who does the tour and I was like, I was I was thinking I was being nice. I said, check this out. This is on your tour. If you want to use this in your pictures when you promote it and have you ever seen mm-hmm. this cuz the typical things are seen the shadowy lady coming down the stairs i didn't see any of that okay this is a face and i will send it to you in fact when i put this show mm-hmm. out i might use it as my as my picture to promote it mm-hmm. it's a black and white man with a square face almost kind of like herman munster like beady mm-hmm. eyes and it looks like he's behind bars and oh, it's a squ- there's no right. Re- She's like, I've never seen this. And I thought that's all she said to me. My first thought was you're rude. I was trying to be nice by giving you something that is cool. You know, I was trying to help her out. All right. mm-hmm. Once I got over her rudeness, I got creeped out. And I'm like, what? And then I was like, Oh, my God, Krista, this is the face that was staring at me. And I thought it was a man because it was so real to me. And then it dawned on me. That's not a window. That's a wall. So that's when, even more bizarre. When you take yeah. pictures, when when they take these pictures, they meaning all the shows I watch and all the so-called experts, because who's really an expert? Mm-hmm. You take them in succession, right? At least take maybe five in a row to see mm-hmm. what's there before and after. And there were a couple before that were just a wall, and then that showed up, and it was almost like black and white. It was glowing. That's why I think it struck me. Because Mm -hmm. I was taken back. She creeped out when she realized (laughs) she filmed it and she didn't see it. So it was a it was it was funny and it was a weird combination. Then she goes and makes me a keychain a picture of him on a keychain for me for Christmas. (laughs) And it was kind of funny. And I'm like, Yeah, I threw that thing out. I was afraid he was gonna sit in my house. I'm to this day I don't know what that was. I did research after research trying to find was it ever a jail? Was there a bad man involved? And I'm curious to see what you think Mm. when you see it. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. So it energizes me and scares me at the same time, but I always will never anymore at this age in my life toe that line. I have a child now. I'm, Mm. I'm not 16 being silly, doing a Ouija board. Those days are over and I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, heard of growing up right right exactly i mean i it's you know it's fire <laughs> it is fire. so what what were you thinking before we wind this up when when our friend asked me hey you're still doing that show were you thinking uh-oh i'm not going near this girl <laughs> or hopefully your discern your discernment must have been she's not crazy because oh. oh gosh no gosh no Mm-mm. i um i i i always enjoy telling people you know, about this, just 
at the very least as a warning, you know, yeah. to, but, but also, um, you know, on the flip side, um, to reinforce the idea that, you know, God is there, he is available and he, he is concerned about even the littlest things, mm-hmm. even the littlest things. So yep. um, it, it's just a process of learning his voice. Oh, that's so sweet. But that's true. That's true. It's not always like you said, the way I finally realized I've been hearing it, we all hear it. But that mm-hmm. day I heard get an extra set of keys made was so bizarre to me. I'm like, was I drinking? And I don't remember. Because right? Because what right, was that? Like, why would God be concerned about my keys for come on? I mean, you know, because like- yeah. I'm being concerned about my library books, which he he once told me where my library books were. Because he always wants to help. Right. I had like four library books that were gathering massively impressive finds somewhere. And I was just lying in bed one night going, where, where did I put those books? And all of a sudden, like your, your key, you know, story, I just heard they're under the couch at the lake house. (laughs) And I'm a full set. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, they're, they're not, how could they be under the couch at the lake house? I wasn't even there, you know. And so, again, you know, if you're arguing with yourself, that's a good sign that maybe it's, you know, the Holy Spirit. But anyway, yeah. it, right after I thought, no, I wasn't anywhere near there. Um, the Holy Spirit reminded me that, oh, yes, you were. You were studying um, down there, sitting on the floor. Wow. The books next to you. And they got kicked under there. I'm like, I was studying down there on the floor. Oh, right. I did. Because it was quiet. It was up on the, you know, I was up on the deck in the hammock and everybody was noisy. So I thought I'm going to go downstairs and, and study down there. Um, and so the next time we got to the lake house, don't you know, the first thing I did is I opened that sliding door, mm-hmm. I went down to the couch, I lifted up that fabric and sure enough, all four library books were there. And, and so I thought later, I'm like, why would you care to tell me about those stupid library books, but you won't tell me how to fix my marriage? You know, so it was that that kind of like argument with God, you know, a lighthearted one. Like, like, why do you care about those little things? You know, but but it he he cares about all things, whether they're big or little. So if we're not hearing an answer to a really important prayer. Um, that's a sign that, um, you know, to keep listening, to keep praying, to keep, um, like with that situation in the kitchen. Um, Mm -hmm. I I did ask God later, like, why, why (laughs) did it take so long to fix that thing? But like in an instant, you told me where my library books were. And, and I heard very clearly that because that was the first time you moved out of the way so that I could help you. Yeah, you yeah, we stand and in our I, own way. Oh uh, yeah. Wow. Right. I was trying to fix it. I'm praying yeah. like God, how do I fix this? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And with this demonic entity that was obviously, you know, um the cause of this, God was unable to communicate to me. Um there's something in you <laughs> that you cannot fix, girl. I have to fix it. Um, but he was just waiting for me to 
move out of the way. And the second that so I true. said, I give up mm-hmm. was his chance to swoop in and fix it. Yep. Give it to God. And it's, it's the hardest thing to do because there are times I'm like, no, I gave it to God, but we're human. Right. Mm-hmm. So we still, mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean people have, you can't do anything. We still have to do our part, but that is very true. And that is, that is a really good thing to impress upon people. And oh my gosh, time is flying. I want to, I want to end it with one quick story. Okay. Cause I could talk to you for hours. Okay. I um, dated a guy I worked with. Yeah. <laughs> who hasn't? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're in radio, you, this is who you date. <laughs> we're, we're a small bunch and we, right. we're, we, right. we, 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 it's hard because of our hours and yeah, whatever. And I can relate. <laughs> yes, that's why I'm laughing because I know you understand it. But anyway, I was dating this guy. Long story short, I mean, I, I called him. That's so funny. I nicknamed him Satan. He was not. He was just really he was a narcissist. He was a true narcissist. And I felt true to the core. So my fault. I dated him. We worked together, whatever. So I would see him every day. I'm like, I can't do like, how do you move on from somebody that you're seeing every day? Well, God was gracious, Mm -hmm. gracious enough to actually move him to another radio station. And I, Mm. I, I couldn't have been more grateful. But as it was going on, I had this Charlie Chaplin clock. I love the old school Three Stooges stuff, Charlie Chaplin. It was like those Elvis mm-hmm. clocks with the moving legs where the torso stays, mm-hmm. but the legs move. Got oh, it from, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so cute. Got it from Swapperama, the thrift store, and it never worked. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to hang it up because it's a cute clock. For about six months, I would pray to this clock, and not to the clock, but I would say, mm-hmm. God, if, if I'm going to be okay, because there are moments you think I'm never going to get past this. I'm never going to get past mm-hmm. this feeling. We've all been there. Am I ever going to feel mm-hmm. normal again? Let Charlie's legs move. <laughs> I, know, I know that sounds <laughs> crazy, but I needed a sign. Please, I'm not, I'm not getting past this. Just I want to move on. I have to see his ugly face at work. <laughs> Just let Mm -hmm. Charlie's legs move. I prayed. Nothing ever happened. So one night I'm sleeping. I had the window unit on, the air conditioner, and because it wouldn't reach my bedroom. So I'd sleep on the couch. And I woke up suddenly. And I'm like, why am I up? I I don't have to use the bed. I didn't know know why I was up. And something told me to look Mm -hmm. on the wall. And his legs are swinging away like it's no one's business. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. So this is what I prayed for. And I'm like freaking out i live alone and i'm like oh wow because there was no battery in there the clock never worked so even if you touched it lynn and you you knocked it his legs would move for two seconds but nothing's going to keep the momentum right it's going to stop swinging needs a battery to keep that thing moving oh my gosh I, Aww, I stopped he has such a sense of humor. Oh, he so does. Gracious. No, he does. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. But now I'm freaked mm-hmm. out. I do this to myself. All <laughs> my husband gets mad. Why do you watch these things? And then I come in and you're watching Frasier. I'm like, cause I freak myself out. So I, I stopped the legs from moving and I'm like, okay, thank you. And they kept moving for about two weeks. And I'm like, all right. This clock's going out because now I'm freaked out. So I took With the legs no off. no batteries. No battery. At first it was endearing. And then I'm like, now uh-huh. I'm freaked out. <laughs> so, so, Charlie, go bye-bye. Um, right. But at that moment, because I had, that was it. God, please, please, mm-hmm. please. You know, and they just kept moving. Mm-hmm. And I know God would never scare you. So I'm like, I hope this is God. Mm-hmm. But I think he was really trying to tell me, you know what? I'm going to keep moving this 
these legs until you and and ever since that like I was done I was done yeah I was done it was what I needed to almost have me walk into like an ice block and say enough with this I was trying to just move Mm -hmm. on you know with my life and me God and Charlie made it happen it's so silly (laughs) when I tell people they're like you were praying to a clock I'm like wasn't praying to the clock you understood what I was saying (laughs) But it has so many cool metaphors because, you know, Charlie, you know, his feet are always dancing, mm-hmm. you know, and and the legs, you know, s- symbolic of moving forward. So, Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. I like that. Mm-hmm. You're very good. Lynn, I could talk to you. Hey, I'll have to have you on again. I know you've got more stories. We'll do it. And I have, not, I have not done <laughs> one like this in a long time. I've, I've mixed it up. But I really appreciate you, you coming on the show. Yeah, anytime. We'll do it again. That sounds groovy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Well, thank you, Lynn, for being on, and thanks for listening to the Jill Urchak Podcast. Peace.